0: You know, today we're going to be talking about how, how God is patient with our process. How, how God is patient with your process. How, how God wants to help you in your faith process. Just like he's at work in mine, he's at work in yours too. And when we talk about having a clean slate where we're asking God to help us to, to come to a more profound understanding of what it looks like, you know, to, to do life with God, even when things don't go as planned. And Gideon was in this uh, really angry and disappointed and frustrated position in his life. He really believed with all of his being that God had not only abandoned him, but had abandoned his people. And yet God was there speaking to Gideon. He showed up. He was trying to guide him. He was trying to lead him to a place of victory. And, and, and what God was doing in Gideon's life was against everything that Gideon was feeling in his heart, but also what was revealed in his circumstances because Gideon's circumstances had not changed. I want God to not only you know, show up, I want him to change my circumstances. I want him to bless me in the moment that I'm in so that I can believe in him and have faith with him and surely for him and and all the ways that he wants me to have faith. But there are times in which God is just like testing us. And so I want you to see that there's a first test that happens in the story that we're in and it's Judges uh, six and it's verse 17. And, and Gideon says, you know, he's testing God. Like it's, it's, Gideon really believes that God is not there for him. So, so Gideon is like testing God in this. And so he turns to God and he says, if I have found favor in your eyes, then give me a sign that it is really you talking to me. Please do not go away until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. Now, he just had something profound, like a, a really um, miraculous experience. It should have been enough, but it wasn't. I, I believe that God is 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 showing up in our lives. And we, we, we know this is not like the typical. We know that this probably is God, but we're also like not sure if it is. And, and a lot of us are kind of mixed up and a little confused about our spiritual journey. Some of us, you know, really believe in the universe more than we believe in God. Uh, many of us are really committed to karma than we are committed to grace. Many of us believe in luck more than we believe in favor. And we kind of live our life like that. And, and you'd be surprised how that, that understanding, that, that, that pervasive way of thinking shows up in the everyday. And that's exactly what was happening to Gideon. And so what what Gideon does is that he has to put God to the test because he doesn't have a relationship with God, right? He doesn't really trust Him yet. And and he needs to know if God is really for him. And you know what I love about this? God's like, if this is what you need, Gideon, I'm okay doing it. I love that. You know, I would think that God would just like, okay, okay, I'm, I'm done with you. Let me go and find somebody who doesn't test me as much as you. I, I don't know, do you feel like you're someone who has tested God over the course of their lifetime? I, I, I know I am. Like I've, I've really pushed God to the limits, I feel. To my own limits and definitely, I feel like I've really pushed God to his limits too. And yet he allows me a second test, just like Gideon. And, and, and the second test is in verse 36, Gideon says this, he goes, um. If you will save Israel by my hand as you have promised. He goes, look, I'm going to do this. I'm going to place a wool fleece on the threshing floor. And the threshing floor is where he was like, you know, sorting out his grain and his wheat. If there is dew only on the fleece and then all the ground is dry, then I will know that you will save Israel by my hand as you said, and that is what happened. Gideon rose early the next day, and he squeezes the fleece. He wrings out the dew, and it was a bowl full of water. And it's like, wow, you know, God actually heard me. He listened to me. I asked him for a test, and he gave it to me. And you think, okay, well, this is the second time that Gideon tests God about The promise that Gideon made to him, that God made to Gideon saying, Gideon, I'm gonna make you a warrior. You're gonna go out into battle. Even though there's a larger army assembled around you to destroy you and my people, I'm gonna deliver them into your hands and I'm gonna give you the victory and I'm gonna do it through you. And all these things that Gideon heard, he just had a hard time believing. You know, just like you and I have sometimes a hard time believing God is with us because we kind of look at our life and our circumstances and we don't really see the favor, you know? We don't see the blessing. Like, where where is that grace that we're talking about? And then Gideon then does something else. He, He asks God for a third test. So in the same story, he's like, In verse 39, Gideon says to God, don't be angry with me. Let me make just one more request. Allow me one more test with the fleece. But this time I want you to make the fleece dry and I want you to let the ground be covered with dew. And then that night God did so. Only the fleece was dry and the ground was covered with dew and it was wet. And so on three different occasions, what is Gideon doing? He's testing God. And you know what God is doing during all of this? He's going along with it. Why? Because that's what Gideon needs. God knows what you need. He knows what's going to help you, convince you, lead you, guide you, bring you to the next level in your life. He wants you to be that mighty warrior. He wants you to experience victory and he knows how to lead you there. But he also knows that there are things that are going to need to happen in your life for you and God to work together to bring it about. And he's willing to be patient with the process that you need. And somehow that is also in God's perfect timing. You see, I love the fact that in this story, after the first sign that was asked by Gideon, God could have said, Gideon, look, there's an army that's waiting to take you out. We don't have time for another test. Gideon, we still have to assemble an army among the people. And, and they don't even like, like you. <laughs> they, they, they don't even trust you. They don't even want to follow you. We don't have time for a third test. And yet God never says that not once. Because God has already accounted for all the times that we are going to need to question him and for him to answer us and still make us mighty warriors. Amen. Doesn't encourage you? Doesn't to help you to understand what it is that God is, is doing in your life and helping you? You see, God's testing and retesting of God isn't what should surprise us. What should surprise us is that God is not only able to do that for Gideon, that he is also able to do that for us. Here's the promise that he makes to Gideon. And he gave it to him right at the beginning, at the beginning of their conversation, the first time that he reveals himself to Gideon. This is what he says in verse 12. When the angel of the Lord appears to Gideon, he says, the Lord is with you. And then he calls him a mighty warrior. You see, there were things that God saw in Gideon before he saw them in himself. There were things that he called him before he had even accomplished them. There were things that he knew he would do before Gideon could even believe he could do them. Listen, please. When God looks at you right now, he already sees someone who he is with, who is mighty and who will do great things even before any of those things have come to pass. If God can put that much faith in you, can you put just a little bit of faith in Him right now? And say, God, if if that's what you see in me, that's what you think that I can do, if that's what you believe that I can become, then right now, God, I'm saying, I believe. I believe in your promise. Maybe you're not there yet. Maybe I got to preach another 15 minutes, okay? Okay. but maybe you're there already and you're already feeling this. You're like, it's burning inside you. Like it's making you emotional and you know that it's not because I told you a story about me having to spend $1,000 on a rental car. You know what's, what's, what's burning inside you. Is the presence of God, it's the presence of, of your belief growing in you, that your faith is expanding like never before. You're believing in a promise like you've never believed in it before. There's something different that is stirring in you. God has cleaned the slate and He's made room for something else. I know what God needs to do in my life often before I can even believe in His promise is that um, He's gotta move me out of a place of doubt and blank. You know, when I'm doubting and I don't realize, but when I doubt, it just, it just leads me to a place of, of confusion. I don't think that's the, the direction I wanna go. But it's what ends up happening. You see, I don't realize it, but there's, but there's a path. And, and the path, whether I realize it or not, I'm walking on that path and it's doing this. It's saying, okay, you're doubting this, so now you're confused about this. And if you're confused about this, you're heading towards a place of unbelief towards this. And you know, I, I don't think that's happening, but that's the only logical conclusion of the path that I'm on. You see, see, the reason Satan wants us to question what God has said is that we'll be confused about what he has promised. And if he can get us to be confused about what he has promised, then we will just go to a place of unbelief and try to fulfill the promise ourselves. I'll make this happen. And and whether you believe in the story or not, when the serpent in human form speaks to Adam and Eve, the only thing he brings up is, did God really say that? Because the only thing the serpent needs to do is sow doubt. Because if he can sow doubt, he creates confusion. And if he creates confusion, he brings you to a place of unbelief. And so here's what happens when I'm I'm struggling. And and, and I'm I'm in my place of doubt and I'm in my place of blame. and, And I'm not believing in God's promise for me. When I'm seeing everything go wrong and, 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 and what is supposed to be different than what my life is revealing, it's really hard in that moment to still have faith, to still believe in the promise. But this is why in verse 13, Gideon reveals something. He says, pardon me, Lord, but if the Lord is with us, Why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and he has given us into the hands of our enemy Midian. You see, it's it's not that Gideon doesn't see his surroundings. He sees them very clearly, right? He's not blind to what's happening in his life and, and in the life of his people. But what he doesn't realize is that the reason they're in this condition isn't because of God, but it's because of their unbelief. God gave them over to enemies Because they stopped believing in him. I I, I believe in turnaround stories. I believe in comebacks. Anybody else? I, I, I believe in your turnaround story. I believe in your comeback. I believe that the way things are are not the way they're going to remain because I believe that God has something greater for you. I believe that with all of my heart. I wouldn't be up here speaking like this if I didn't believe that, not just for you, but for myself. I honestly believe that. And so I know that what the circumstances are revealing is more than just hardship, but it's an opportunity for God to do the miraculous. It's it's for him to bless and protect. It's for him to do something that goes beyond my comprehension and understanding. I love the fact that he then reminds Gideon of the promise. Look what he says in verse 14. He goes to Gideon and he says, the Lord turns to him and says, Gideon, remember when I told you I've chosen you, you're my mighty warrior and I'm gonna give you the victory. He says, I want you to go in the strength that you have And I want you to save Israel out of Midian's ham. Am I not sending you? Hey, come on. Think about this for you. I know this is amazing for Gideon, but but can you see yourself in this story now? Can you see how when you're doubting and when you're blaming, when you're not able to believe in what God has done and what he's put in you, And what he's ready to do, can you not see in verse 16? I don't know why verse 13 is up. It's beautiful. (laughs) But I I need 16. Thank you. (laughs) He says, look what you're going to do. You're going to strike down all the Midianites and you're going to leave none of them alive. Why? Because I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. Isn't that amazing? And so Gideon takes 10 of his servants and he did as the Lord told him to do. And he went out and, and he tears down the old altars and he builds a new one. And he creates a clean slate for himself. And on that altar, he worships God like he never worshiped before. And after he did that, after he created a new place of worship in his life, after he tore down the old places and he built a new one, God then got him ready for the next thing. Sometimes we don't see the breakthroughs that we need because we're still worshiping at the old altars. We're doing things exactly the same. God is saying, I need you to tear those down. I need you to get rid of them. I, I need you to remove them fully and completely. I need you to do what only I am asking you to do and not what you think is right in your own heart, but listen to my word, listen to my promises, listen to what I'm telling you. This is what I'm asking you to do. And you know what's really amazing is that in verse 27, in Judges 6:27 it says this, that He was afraid of his family and he was afraid of the townspeople. And he did it at night rather than in the daytime. Sometimes the steps we take are not as courageous as we'd like them to be. But we need to take them anyways. You see, he wasn't as convinced as we had hoped he would be, but he did it anyways. See, there's something about obeying even when we're not ready to fully obey. There's something about listening and doing, taking action even when we still have doubts. When, When we're not fully courageous. Even if we're doing it at night instead of the daytime, even if it's in secret instead of public. You see, God is like, that's your process. I'm okay with it. At least you're moving in the right direction. At least you're doing the right thing. At least you're doing the hard thing. You're doing it even though it's hard to do it. You're still doing it. And I'm going to honor that. I'm going to bless that. I'm going to multiply that. I'm going to keep moving in you and with you. And I'm going to keep helping you to become the mighty warrior I know that you are. So that you can do the mighty things that I've called you to do. It's a beautiful passage in in the book of Proverbs. It's chapter 3. Verses five and six. I'm sure you've heard this verse before. But it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding and in all your ways submit to Him and He will make your paths straight. There's a a version that kind of paraphrases verses like this in the Bible. It's called the message. And what the message does is that it takes this portion of verse six and it says this, listen for God's voice in everything that you do and everywhere that you go. I love that because what it did is that it just made it clear. You know, God is saying, I'm everywhere. And because I'm everywhere, I'm also everywhere with you. And because I'm everywhere with you in everything that you do and everywhere that you go, guess what? I'm going to be right there with you. And whatever you need in this process, I'm going to be as patient as you need me to be. See, the patience of God is never understood through the lens of how patient do I need God to be in my life? But that's exactly how God is patient. That's exactly how He is loving and He is kind. You see, when we ask people to be patient with us, we're asking them to meet us at our level. We're asking them to do things in a way that makes it easier for us to also do it with them. And you know, it's really hard and hurtful when people don't. The deepest wounds we can experience in our lifetime is when people walk away from us, when we needed them to be patient just a little longer. I want you to know that God will never walk away from you. You will be as patient as you need him to be. Everywhere you go, everything you need, God will be there for you. God bless you. I'm going to continue this same story, this same message next week. I want you guys to really understand this topic. And I, I, couldn't, I couldn't do it all in one Sunday. So I've broken it up over a few weeks. There's more to learn. You're ready to learn a little more? I think that as we do that, I think God is just going to turn us into those mighty warriors that do mighty things. He already sees that in you. He's already promised it to you. Now it's up to us to believe that we are going to see it too. And so Father, as we come before you, and as you know in our simplicity and in our humility, we come before you, sometimes just filled with doubt and confusion and sometimes even unbelief. We're struggling in areas of our life and it's hard for us to see how you're going to do great things and how you're going to use us in great ways, but Lord, I pray that today, all of that changes, that you have cleaned that slate and you've given us a new perspective on who we are and what you've asked us to do and what you are telling us to become. Thank you that today is a new day for us and that it is a new season in which we can move in the favor that you have put on our lives. Today, we believe in you and we trust in you more than we did just a few moments ago. You are with us in our process. You are patient with us and you are leading us to that place of victory. And we thank you as you pray these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us on the River's Edge podcast. I encourage you to take the message you have just received and allow it to go deeply into your soul. Let Jesus do the work that only he can do. A heartfelt thank you to all those that generously give to River's Edge and make this podcast possible. You too can be a part of spreading this message and creating life change all over the world by going to riversedge.life. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Thanks again for listening and God bless you immensely.